Windscape, Chapter 15 Feeling Sick Jimmy McGovern was a bull of a man. It was hard to tell where his head stopped and his neck began. His shoulders were about three feet in breadth and the rest of his body maintained the same proportions all the way down to his knees. There, a pair of enormous black welly boots stole the show. Jenny stared at his feet. They were huge. She remembered him saying that the rubber factory in Dunfries made his boots to order, a size 22. His hands were like shovels, monstrous, but big and bloated like his nose. You're in deep water now, my girl, bellowed McGovern. Jenny had forgotten how loud he was. She tried to maintain a look of surprise. I am? Yes, laughed Pavel. We're in the middle of the sea. I'm not talking about that and fine you know it, boy. Lord barked up at him. Wendy wandered over, his binoculars still swinging from his neck. Everything all right, Jean? Ah, Jean is it, scoffed McGovern. They were once taking his piggy eyes off of her. Sometimes I'm called Jean, she whimpered. She felt as if her whole world was folding in on itself. Her stomach certainly was, and the roll of the boat wasn't helping. Well, are we going to stand here all day, or are we going to go inside and explain ourselves? Explain what? said Windy. Pavel rounded in Jenny. You look a bit peely-wally, he said. McGovern's shovel of a hand found Pavel's shoulder. And you'll have a bit of explain to do as well, laddie. Wendy followed him inside. Look, what's this all about? Wendy looked like a stick insect standing next to McGovern. And who might you be, sir? inquired McGovern. Me? I... stuttered Wendy. I'm simply someone who wants Jean and Tom to get down to Oban safely. and Their father has a very important interview today. McGovern's laugh blasted across the canteen, causing several passengers to spill hot tea down their chins. <laughs> I never begged you to liar, Miss MacLeod, he growled. Jenny didn't know what to do or say. She felt an overwhelming urge to cry, but her stomach was telling her something else. It clenched like a fist inside her. She spied the movement of the horizon through a salt-crusted window and suddenly felt even worse. Aye, she couldn't speak. There wasn't time. She spied the door of the ladies' toilet and bolted. Hey now! McGovern lunged out at her, but she ducked beneath his scooping hands and made it to the door. Her legs felt like jelly as she staggered inside. She placed both hands on the nearest toilet bowl and heaved. Again and again and again she vomited until her stomach was completely empty. But it didn't stop there. She continued to retch, even though there was nothing left to come up. Shaking and sweating, all she could think of was survival. It was 11.30am at the Murdoch's house, and it was completely silent. Mrs Murdoch had spent most of her life alone, cooking or cleaning, in preparation for Sandy or Angus coming home for their tea. She'd grown used to the silence built herself a routine of sorts that gave her some sense of purpose. Today, however, that world was far away. She sat on the piano stool for a while and stared out into the yard. Then, restless, she wandered through to the kitchen and aimlessly opened and shut a few cupboard doors. She didn't know what to do with herself. 
The manila envelope lay on the kitchen table, its contents strewn out over the polished pine top. She looked at the huge pile of washing on the kitchen floor and just sighed. She saw the dishes to be done in the sink and couldn't face them. How could Angus do such a thing? Had she never really known him? He'd been keeping letters back from the MacLeods. Wait, she yelled. A vision of her husband Angus rummaging around in the piano stool jumped into her head. She ran through to the piano, then opened the lid of the piano stool. Just music, and then she saw it. A piece of wood protruding from the side of the stool. She flicked it out further with her nails and then caught hold of the corner of a small drawer. She could hardly get it open. It was so stuffed full of letters. A big bundle of brown manila letters that all looked exactly like the one lying on her kitchen table. And they'd all been opened. She pulled one free of the pile to read it. Her mouth fell open. She didn't know what to do. The phone purred into life. She jumped up and knocked the receiver off the hook. It bounced on its curly wire like a puppet until her fingers found it and fumbled it back into her hand. Yes, she answered. Any sign of her? It was Angus. She froze, unsure what to say. Are you still there? pressed Angus. She's not here, she said. Her voice was monotone. There was a pause. We checked Hushwish and the ferry terminal, said Angus. Good, she said simply. There was another pause. Ellen, are you all right? Her heart raced as she stared at the envelope. Two hundred and two thousand pounds, she thought. How could he keep that kind of news from them? I'm all right. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? repeated Angus. Look, we've contacted the police and they've called the boat. It was diverted to Lachmadi. They've looked on board but no sign of her or Pavel. So where is she? asked Ellen. I don't know. The police even checked with the ferry staff at Lachmadi. No sign of her there either. She should confront Angus about the MacLeods later. Angus, need to go, he snapped. McGovern's phoning me. The line went dead. McGovern, thought Ellen. He was a big oaf. Is he involved? Does Sandy know about the letters? Ellen Murdoch could tell that her husband was at his wit's end. The more she thought about Jenny MacLeod and her father Hamish, the more she felt the knot grow inside her. It was a feeling she'd never experienced before. It was a wretched mix of betrayal, mistrust and anger. Most of all it was anger. She spied the car keys on the hook behind the back door and decided there and then to go and look for Jenny herself. She'd forgotten to ask where Angus had been calling from. He'd said that he was going to Glasgow. Hamish MacLeod was in Glasgow too. She pulled on her coat and picked up her handbag. She didn't have the whole story, but she knew that Angus was up to no good and he had Sandy in tow. She was going to get the whole story out of them, one way or another. She opened the front door and gasped with fright. Powell's father was standing on her front step. Are you going to find Jenny, Mrs Murdoch? he asked. Ellen looked into his grey eyes and said, Yes. I'd like to come with you then, please, he said. Fine. 
she skirted round the little man and opened the door of her Volkswagen Polo. Well, don't just stand there, Bernard, jump in. Where are we going? said Bernard. Glasgow, said Ellen, never more sure in her whole life that she was doing the right thing. Thank you.